Hello and welcome to the Blue Pea Leader podcast. And I'm your host and the founder of Blue Pea Pod, Ruth Sanderson. If you want to become a leader of an organization where people feel alive and fully contribute, one that really understands who you are, lets you contribute your talents, live your purpose and make a difference. Listen in now as we share the latest practical ideas and techniques to experience authentic success through leadership. Hello and welcome to the Blue Pea Leader podcast. I'm Ruth Sanderson and in this episode I want to talk about how do you develop your emotional intelligence. You see, we've got an increase in change, things are just going faster and employees we know look for more than just work, some stuff to do. They're looking for engagement, they're looking for uh, purpose, they're looking for meaning. I've talked about these things before. Um, And one of the things that's actually very important is the quality of relationships that we have. And so leaders, we, you know, we need more than just some tools and processes and skills. We also have to look at our emotional intelligence. Now, Daniel Goleman has written a really great book on the subject, The New Leaders. So if you haven't read that book, get it on your list. It's definitely one to read. So becoming more aware of your own emotions and knowing how to use them to drive better quality of decision making is, I think, critical to your leadership. So I'm going to cover five areas that you can focus on that will help you improve your emotional intelligence. So the first one, develop your self-awareness. I mean, ask you the question, how self-aware are you? Do you know your triggers, the things that put you in a good mood, the things that put you in a bad mood? Of course, it could be a person, it could be a word, it can be a tone of voice, it can be a look. So knowing what pushes your buttons in either a good way or a bad way is very useful. For example, when I'm teaching influencing, we talk about how we are influenced, not just how we can influence others better. And the more self-aware you are, the more you know when you're being swayed one way or the other. The more you can make a conscious choice as to what you want to do. So the second bit, responsibility. Well, of course, you know, you're also responsible for your emotions. We're not just responsible for the things that we deliver. Stephen Covey calls it response hyphen ability. So if you hear a word and you have an emotional reaction and then you find yourself behaving in a certain way, this response is a reaction. So, of course, the more you know what it is, what word, what look, what person, what thing triggers you, the more self-aware you are, the more you can then choose how do you now want to respond to that thing rather than react in the same old way. The third bit is really about the impact our communication style has on others. You know, there's uh, there's that lovely phrase in the song, it ain't what you say, it's the way that you say it. <laughs> I spared you actually singing it. You can thank me for that. Um, so we have our own preferred style of communicating. 
there are actually four styles and we teach this in our communication skills course. And one of the common reactions that we get from leaders when we share this is, oh my God, now I get why that person and I don't seem to get on. It's actually nothing to do with personalities. It's just the way we prefer to communicate. And those light bulb moments have saved many relationships. Um, We've noticed leaders then come back afterwards and say, I'm getting on so much better now with people. And it's about having that insight and then going, right, okay, now I know how to flex my communication style. I can respond accordingly. And the thing is, leaders with high emotional intelligence do this a lot. So the fourth element is really about your attitude. It's, do you see the glass as half empty, talking about risks and downsides and what's wrong and who's to blame and why it can't be done and this has a hidden cost and, oh, I mean, it does also have a hidden cost in that it actually, your pessimism is contagious and really it can make you a really miserable person to work with. But the really, really big cost is you're actually training other people to think and talk this way. So what helps is for you to train your mind to see the positive first. So what's working? What's right? What could be done better? And it's about seeing the positive first because I'm not suggesting that we never consider the risks or look at what could go wrong so we can safeguard against it. But it is about thinking of it as a balance. So here's the thing. Your brain, when your emotions are one of despair, frustration or anger, works differently to when you're hopeful or happy. It means your thought process is different as different bits of your brain are active, dependent upon the emotion. So because of this, your level of resourcefulness and resilience is affected. And ultimately, your decision making is altered. So the decisions that you choose are different. I mean, have you ever looked back and wondered why on earth you made some choice that you now label as, oh my God, was I having a crazy day or what? If you look back, then you turn to go, in some cases, what was your predominant emotional state on the run up to that decision? And chances are the decisions that you go, oh, sheesh, where was, where, what was I thinking? And we sometimes joke like I wasn't. But if you look and go, well, what was the emotional state on the run-up? You'll find that it was probably an element of despair or frustration, etc., etc. So in order to make better choices and use your emotions wisely, look at the possibility first, then make a choice. Then run your choice through your risk assessment. Now, the next one is really about being approachable. And here I'm not talking about being liked, uh, being the party animal or being super sociable. It's not about tailoring what you say or do so that everybody likes you. If doing that means the message is lost. Neither does this mean that you have to attend social events if you don't want to. In fact, the latter in some cases can be a minefield, especially if you used to be peers with these people. So, back to approachable. Approachable people have a ready smile on their face. 
they say hello. And when they ask you how you are, they are actually listening to your answer. It's not just a habit or a a, a, a pattern, but the person's going, oh, you're right, yeah, I'm fine. It's not that kind of exchange. They're really good at being involved in the conversation. It's not just them talking about themselves. We tend to use or describe these people, use the word or describe these people as supportive. Now, the last thing that you can focus on to improve your emotional intelligence is your growth. So emotionally intelligent people have a focus on developing and improving their leadership skills regularly and frequently. It's not something that they did at the beginning of their career and that's it, box ticked. It's not always a course organised by HR. Basically, they take their leadership as a skill very seriously. It's not an add-on when they get a chance, um, rather than, you know, seeing it as a, as their other skills as being more important. Because here's the thing, great leaders know it's not just what they're doing, but how they're being and who they are being whilst they do what they do. And that's the key to long-term success. And I have to say right now, it's never, ever been easier to unlock your leadership potential, either in person or from the comfort of your office, because there are such an array of things that you can do. I said the book, The New Leader by Daniel Goleman, definitely get it. Um, There'll be things on, there'll be TED Talks, there'll be stuff on YouTube. So you can do, you can enhance so many things. I mean, you know, there's there's other podcasts um, in this series. There are other podcasts. You can learn this stuff in so many different ways. And you can also learn it in terms of emotional intelligence isn't isn't something that you just learn in an intellectual fashion. Emotional intelligence is something that you have to, it's an experiential thing. Um, and so consequently at times, it also means that it really helps to have that one-on-one interaction with somebody because it's your emotional intelligence. It's not a generic thing. So your triggers and your reactions and your stuff is your stuff. So equally, if you want to work on that kind of thing, then there are people out there who can help you. I happen to also be one of them. If you're interested, then go to bluepeapod.com and hit contact us and we can have a conversation. So, Emotional intelligence is becoming one of those vital, critical, must-have skills and qualities for leaders in the future. I wish you well with this. Till next time.